Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Cubit Fire. Cubit Fire is an end-to-end solution for fire inspections. Cubit Fire integrates with the rest of your ecosystem and offers unparalleled user experience and performance. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. From Hope, BC, I'm Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. Firewell is a health and wellness community for firefighters and have a recent study where they wanted to know from Canadian career firefighters their mental health experiences, needs, and priorities. Dr. Joy McDermott is the research lead and director with Firewell and joins us today on the podcast. Uh, Dr. McDermott, Joy, welcome. Uh, Thanks for doing this today. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here with you. Let's talk a bit about, uh, well, first off about Firewell and tell us what it's all about. So Firewell is a collaboration and it's also an online forum really designed for firefighters. We uh, got a one-year grant with some money from the Canadian Institutes for Health Research that was really focused on communicating uh, research information. So we uh, hired some help to make sure that the website looks as professional as it does and use that money to make sure that it was a accessible research. But the, the website itself shares information, not just that our research group does, but we look for research uh, from other researchers around the world that has to do with firefighter health, and we try to communicate that information. So we, uh, when a research study comes out, sometimes uh, for our own research, we'll write a one-page lay summary to make that information more easily communicatable. Um, and sometimes we share presentations that groups have done, or we just send out alerts about um, other research studies from other groups around the world. Sometimes we send out alerts about um, research studies that are ongoing that are looking for participants. It's really a platform about research and how that, but all specific to firefighters. With the study itself, uh, and again, just quoting from the website, firefighters have high rates of critical event exposures and mental health symptoms. So we'll talk a bit about the study in a moment and about the findings, but did, uh, did anything surprise you or did it take you, did it, did something jump out that you didn't expect? Yeah, I really immersed myself in this uh, transcripts. We had quite a few transcripts of from the interviews and you read them over and over again and you really think about them and you really listen to what people say on the surface but also you try to come up with some of the latent kind of themes that are cross-cutting themes and um, so three latent cross-cutting themes came across oh and they I think there's interesting things about them one was the importance of context Uh, the other was two sides to the coin and the third theme that came across was how uh, Uh, difficult it is dealing with uncertainty. And so maybe I'll take an example from uh, two sides to the coin. You know, firefighters talked about a lot of things, you know, having two sides to the coin. And one of the examples would be black humor. You know, many firefighters acknowledge that they see these terrible things at at work. Not many other people outside of firefighting and maybe other public safety personnel would understand what some of those Uh, terrible critical event exposures feel like. And one of the ways that they deal with the stresses of that is black humor. 
But they also acknowledged there's a downside to that and that black humor might make people feel like it's difficult to come up and forward and say, I'm really struggling with my mental health or that really bothered me because it's kind of contrary. So they, they valued black humor, but they also recognized there was a downside to it. And I, a similar thing happens with around families, like many firefighters talked about, you know, how important their families are, um, that they're a major support system, they want to be open and communicate with their family, but they also were worried about the impact of, of, the of these critical events if they were to tell their family member about them, because they were worried that maybe their family members would look at them differently, or maybe it would be too stressful for their family members to have to deal with these horrible things, or maybe their, their family wouldn't think that being a firefighter was a good job anymore, and they'd say to them, well, you shouldn't be a firefighter. That sounds like a horrible job, when they wanted their family members to know that they really that firefighting is a great job and then that they really value it. So there are these things that have two sides to the coin and you're dealing with, with were one of the, the things that I th think was really interesting that came out of the data. Some of the other findings, uh, expand on those that, uh, that came out of, uh, of the study. So the one about context was really important. And sometimes you talk with a fire service that had very elaborate uh, mental health programs already in place. Uh, they could, you know, had resiliency training, peer-to-peer -peer support, they had suicide support, they had good health benefits. Uh, they sort of had the full suite. And then you might talk to somebody in a different fire service in a different part of the country, and uh, they didn't have presumptive legislation around mental health. They maybe worked in a smaller department where there wasn't the same level of support for uh, mental health services. Maybe their benefits weren't as good. And so everybody had a really different experience based on all of those kind of access to services within their fire service. So uh, it really affected people's perspectives. If you don't have resiliency training, that's a big focus. Or if you don't have presumptive legislation for the, you know, some of the firefighters who didn't have uh, presumptive legislation, particularly say from Quebec, they might be really focused on how important it is for us to have presumptive legislation. Whereas, whereas other people who'd had that for a while did talked about very different things and had very different needs. So the context of what the fire service was like and the provincial regulations and that sort of thing really affected uh, people's perspectives on mental health. Is, is that, would you consider that putting people's mind at ease uh, by having supports in place or at least perceived supports in place? Certainly the firefighters who came from what I'd say well-supported environments where there were services in place and where there were programs, they really valued that. And they recognized that there's been a lot of progress on mental health. Like um, many people talked about how much progress, and I think this is true of society in general, uh, but it's also true specifically to the fire service that a lot that in many ways the stigma around mental health is improving. You know, people are recognizing that, of course, if you have traumatic uh, critical event exposures, there are going to be mental health consequences to that for firefighters. And so uh, it's not uh, a stigma, it shouldn't be a stigma to bring that forward and admit that you have those problems because that is what. It happens when you're exposed to those kinds of, of critical events. So that was recognized as being positive. However, you know, there's still a ways to go. Uh, and so it wasn't like the problems are solved, but people who had those great uh, supports and systems recognized that it was uh, that things have been improving. You refer to critical incident and uh, and certainly other chronic job stressors are, are the reason 
you know, that contribute to mental health symptoms. What, what other, what other reasons? I mean, is critical incident the only thing that really is our problem or is there more? No. And, and, and so this is again, another example, I think of two sides to the coin. I, uh, firefighters talked about, you know, the recognition of critical events leading to post-traumatic stress disorder is something where they've seen a lot of progress and recognition, but what they didn't want to be lost in that is yes, there are uh, terrible critical events and yes, they cause mental health, but let's not also forget the chronic stress that, that uh, firefighters are exposed to from a variety of things. Uh, you can imagine during the pandemic, how, you know, the, the how much uh, new uh, stressors have been placed on public safety personnel around dealing with uh, pandemic precautions and COVID exposures. They talked about, um, having um, medical calls, and sometimes they have medical calls to the same people over and over again. Uh, for example, uh, people who overdose in the community, they might see that same person over and over again with mental health problems or drug abuse problems, and the chronic stress of dealing with those kinds of exposures is also a problem. So it's a combination of acute, terrible events, but also chronic stress uh, from, and that the, the both are important. The first time I heard about compassion fatigue, uh, it kind of hit home uh, for me when I said to myself, is it wrong for me to say I'm tired of dealing with people? And, and it's not just the, the critical incidents that you attend. I think it really makes sense when you say that you have needy people that you deal with on a daily basis. How common was that, that, that compassion fatigue as being part of that stressor? That was something that many uh, firefighters mentioned. You know, they there were symptoms that they, they mentioned around their mental health, things like brain fog, difficulty concentrating, being on high alert, uh, feelings of failure, second guessing their performance. But one of the big things that they mentioned was that those things contribute to the uh, their feelings of compassion fatigue. And there was a lot of guilt associated with that. And I think that's sort of what you're probably saying is, you know, you deal with so many problems in a day and so many people and, and you feel burnt out and you're tired and, and you've dealt with this problem over and over again and you've seen multiple terrible things. You there There's two things that happen. One, you become sort of almost immune to it in a way. So that, that a feeling of compassion fatigue, I just don't have any more ability to feel as empathetic as I used to. And there was tremendous guilt associated with that because they didn't feel good about themselves having that experience, but they also, again, this is two sides to the coin, recognized that if they didn't develop those buffers, that, that, that things could become overwhelming. So they kn knew that they needed to become sort of somewhat um, immune to some of the things that they were seeing, but they also felt tremendous guilt about that compassion fatigue. This study was, was conducted with career firefighters, is that correct? It is correct, yeah. Is there the volunteer side to come? There absolutely is. And, and we recognize that uh, that's a very important issue. In fact, we've already done those interviews and we collected the data at the same time. Um, but there was so much in this paper. Like, honestly, when I wrote this paper, it took me much longer than a, a usual paper because there was so much valuable information. We really felt like it would be under servicing the volunteers to just throw them into the, the same paper. So we have a separate paper that we're working on right now uh, that's, in, that's analyzing all the interviews from the uh, volunteer firefighters. And we expect uh, uh, that some of the issues will be the same, but there are some unique issues that um, uh, fires, uh, fighters who are volunteers experience because 
They may not be paid for their work. And if they get injured at work or have to take time off work because of their mental health issues that arise from their volunteer job, how does that affect the fact that they no longer can do their paid job? And they often don't have access to training uh, the same way that career firefighters do. Um, equipment it might not be as good. And so there are a lot of issues that I think are unique to firefighters, but we also know that there's also some of the same issues. Uh, firefighters tend to come from small communities. Uh, there's the stress of maybe having to attend uh, events, uh, critical events where you're more likely to know the person that's involved. So we really wanted to make sure that we gave um, proper attention to that and, and included it in a separate paper. When, when would you expect to have that released? Uh, well, I have a student working on that. So things take a little bit longer because the student has to go through all their training and, and that sort of thing. But that paper, uh, we have the interviews all transcribed and we've started analyzing them. So I expect within the next um, probably four months. What kind of impact do you think this study should have on the actual fire service moving forward? Well, um, there's lots of studies that have done what we call quantitative research. There's surveys about with firefighters looking at their rates of post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, that sort of thing. And so there, it's certainly not new information that firefighters experience uh, mental health symptoms and that they expend, have a high level of critical events. But what this paper does that's a bit unique is that it took a qualitative approach. And that's what, rather than surveying a lot of firefighters, we really did in-depth interviews and analyzed in depth what firefighters were saying. And I've worked with firefighters for quite a long time now. So the nice thing about this paper is what it really documents is many of the things that firefighters have been telling us for years. So if you read this paper, I'm hoping what people say will be, oh, I know that, or yeah, that sounds right to me because that's what it should be representing is the views of firefighters. So I think that unique contribution of this is when we want to talk to people in other, in, to the government or to uh, health professionals about what the experience of firefighters are, we now have something concrete that we can say, read this. This really describes, you know, what some of the issues that firefighters are experiencing in a way that will hopefully uh, bring a, a richer understanding of their experience um, to, to, to light. So that's what I hope this paper does. You said that you know you've been working with firefighters for for a while, and have you seen change since you first began doing this? Are we going in the right direction when it comes to mental yeah, health? Definitely, I've seen a change on a number of issues. Um, I mean, one of the first studies that Firewell did was a study of female firefighters, and that was in Hamilton, Ontario, that we did that study. And we had four female firefighters, and that's because there were only five in the service. So one of the ways we've seen change in the fire service is the that there's been an influx of more women firefighters participating in the workforce. And that, of course, is going to affect the way that people uh, deal with mental health and some of the stressors that they experience. The second big change I've seen is the focus on resiliency training and developing a mental health programs. So there's a lot more programs like things like resilient minds or res resiliency training, peer support. Uh, there's apps been created for connecting peers with each other to, to give support, uh, debriefing after critical events, all those kinds of um, programs and have been really, have evolved tremendously in the last decade. And the third thing I think that I've seen tremendous improvement in, not that we don't have room to go, is um, 
around the stigma around mental health, things uh, like societal campaigns, the talking about mental health and how common it is in society as a whole, and then um, awareness in the fire service about the kinds of things that they're exposed to at work. It is not unexpected that they might have mental health consequences and that it's, it's, it's not only okay, but it's necessary to talk about those things and to help deal with them. So those are the three areas I think I've seen big changes in the last 10 years. Is the message on mental health in the fire service getting out to those outside the fire service? Uh, to a certain extent. I know the Canadian Institutes of Health Research have launched uh, targeted funding to uh, for research around mental health for public safety personnel, which would include, of, co of course, firefighters. Uh, the Canadian Institute for uh, Public Safety Research and Treatment, or CIPSERT, was developed in the last 10 years and, and it has uh, ongoing funding to develop mental health programs for public safety personnel. So I think that they've done a lot, that's done a lot to get the message out to the firefighting community and society as a whole. Um, obviously, there's always uh, room to go, to go, but I think there's been a lot of getting the, uh, the message out, yeah. The career study is, is, uh, has been uh, written, the uh, volunteer studies in the works. What's, uh, what's next? Uh, what's, what's, what's forward? Uh, this is not the end, obviously. No, I'm, and I, we have ongoing research about uh, firefighter health. There's really three big concerns for firefighters. One is mental health. Uh, the other is um, uh, physical health, um, uh, musculoskeletal injuries, because of the nature of the work the firefighters do, they're susceptible to musculoskeletal injuries, which aren't usually life-threatening, but can end their career early. And then the third area is cancer because of some of the exposures to toxins. So all three of those areas are important and they interact with each other. And in fact, that's one of the things that firefighters said, you need good physical health and good mental health, and that one affects the other. And the other uh, big thing that I think came out of this study and that I think is an area we have to focus on the future is it's not enough to identify mental health problems, which I think we've made a lot of progress on. Where we haven't made enough progress is in treatment for people. So, you know, we've gotten over the stigma. Someone comes forward and admits they have mental health problems and now they can't get treatment for it. And that's very frustrating, of course. Uh, for the person who struggled to admit they have a problem and now they can't get treatment. So there isn't enough mental health treatment for firefighters or for, in society as general, I would say. And, that, and there certainly aren't enough people who understand the nature of firefighters' work in order to give them the kind of treatment they need. So they, they talked a lot about, you know, it's really important to get a therapist who understands what firefighters do and the kinds of things that they're exposed to in order to give them good treatment. You, you, you I think hit the nail on the head. You can't paint this with the same brush as everyone else. This has to be specific. I, I, I'm, I'm leaning back to the volunteer side to think, I wonder how many, because the number, the round number, 85% of the fire service in Canada is made up of volunteers. How many of that 85% is going un, undetected and, and slipping through the cracks virtually? Yeah, I think it, it has to be a big concern for volunteers because like who's there to assess that they're having problems. And you, you know, when we think about Canada, I think one of the unique things about Canada is our big country, small population. We have a lot of rural communities. And so we know that we have a problem with within rural communities about people even getting family doctors. 
So now how do you access psychological support or psychologist? You don't have a family doctor. There's probably not a psychologist. You're doing volunteer uh, firefighting, but there's nobody checking you annually to see how you're doing from a health perspective. That's a huge issue. There's huge gaps there in terms of uh, access to healthcare in rural communities in general. Uh, and it certainly is even more severe when you start talking about mental health services. We've had a struggle in the volunteer service over the years to explain to people that fires in large communities are the same as fires in small communities. They burn the same. And I think the mental wellness is the same in, in large and, and small communities. It doesn't matter. We do the same jobs. Yeah, there's critical events or critical events. There's nuances, you know, about maybe the frequency of events is higher in the city. On the other hand, in a rural area, you're more likely to know, you know, it might be somebody from your community that you know in an event. So, but at the end of the day, all of these events cause the same outcomes, which are mental health stress and things like post-traumatic stress disorder. So the, the uh, small variations between what the exposures are uh, leads to a common pathway of mental health stress and disorders, and, and uh, those all need to be recognized and treated. Tell us where people can find the uh, the paper and where they can read it. It's uh, on the website at Firewell. Yes. So if you go to firewell.ca, that's uh, how you can access. If you search firewell.ca, uh, you'll find us on the website. We have a link to this paper and other papers. The paper was published in 2021. So it's just pretty recent in a journal called the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. Uh, and uh, but it's an open access journal. So that means that we can publish, put the whole paper on our website, which we did. And we also wrote a lay summary because not everyone wants to read it. It's 24 pages long. They might want to read the one page version. We have put a synopsis up there. But I would suggest to people, even if you don't want to read the, the whole uh, 24 pages, there's a couple of nice figures that we put in the paper that sort of explain how uh, the some of these uh, factors relate to each other in terms of the impacts on the firefighter, the family, and work. Your advice uh, to someone that reads this and says, I think I need some help? Well, that really is a difficult question because it does, that's where the context becomes so important. I mean, obviously, if you have a family doctor, that would be one place to start. Talk to your family doctor. Uh, there are, if you go to the SIPCERT website, there's a number of services uh, that you can access that are public safety personnel specific kinds of mental health resources. There are some online programs sort of uh, being developed for cognitive behavioral therapy and that sort of thing. And um, those are being fanned out gradually across the country, but uh, they will be scaled up and accessible to more and more people. So I would suggest talking to your family doctor and looking at the SIPCERT website uh, for some of the services and resources that are available there. So if you search SIPCERT, um, so that's C-I-P-S-R-T, you'll find the website with some of the resources that are designed specifically for public safety personnel. And certainly uh, our associations of fire chiefs, both provincially and nationally at uh, CAFC are, uh, Absolutely. are very... That's another, uh, and I know that CAFC puts out a newsletter and they share, uh, you know, places where you can look for resources. I think some of these websites we link to each other, like Firewell pro probably has a link for SIPCERT and CFSC and uh, vice versa. So if you go to one website, sometimes you can find a link to another good website as well. 
I thank you for the work that you're uh, that you're doing at Firewall for all of us. We appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you for talking to me today. All right. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Joy McDermott from Firewell. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast brought to you by Cubit Fire. Cubit Fire is an end-to-end solution for fire inspections. Cubit Fire integrates with the rest of your ecosystem and offers unparalleled user experience and performance. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes. 